His prison cell has French doors and a fully furnished basement. During a brief stint upstate, he became the shock collar of the Mexican cartel, the Bloods, and Aryan Brotherhood, all at the same time. He's qualified for unemployment while being incarcerated. His mugshot was a full frontal centerfold. He once received a standing ovation from a juror's box. Congressman George Santos is the most interesting man in the House of Representatives. Stay loony, my leftist friends. Joe, happy Friday. And in the words of Mark Madden, good day. I said good day. Uh, great quote open there. And I like the intro song, Joe Rico Suave. For those uh, listening out there, we're not talking about that Rico Suave. We're talking about the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, also known as Rico. Joe, what's going on? Nothing much, man. Just just thinking back on all the times that our former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani, was on the prosecuting side of RICO trials and about how he's the one that's had this laptop the entire time. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is interesting time to be. There are, there are days, there are weeks and months when nothing happens. And then there are days when when months and years worth of stuff happened. And the last two days have been one of them cycles. Just told you before we hit record, Wednesday was one of the best days in politics in possibly months. Maybe since Trump uh, was elected. But Wednesday, Joe, we saw... We always joke around. We're like, we just can't stop recording because as soon as we're, we're done, something something big happens. Usually happens. So, But Wednesday... We saw uh, the Republican uh, Oversight Committee, led by James Comer and Jim Jordan, lay out a mountain of evidence against the Biden crime family that we'll get into. It's not very difficult to understand. They laid it out very simply uh, for us. And then we saw Dianne Feinstein get wheeled into the Senate looking like an absolute corpse. And uh, we also saw the Trump town hall debate on CNN that drew three and a half million viewers. You can't even recall the last time CNN got ratings like that. So, Joe, where do we want to lead off with today? Uh, the Biden family corruption? We, we, ha- we have to because that is actually with I mean, if you would follow CNN or MSNBC, you wouldn't think it's, but that, that's the biggest story. This is the freaking president of the United States and his family in in. Let's just let's just pause, relax for a second. This is good news, but I want everyone to remember Biden, Joe Biden is not the guy calling the shots in the White House anyway. Remember, he is just the front man, the shit shield. You could use whatever term you terminology you want to. Basically, he's Kevin Pollack from the movie Casino. Mark, you've seen the movie. Is that a great analogy or what? That is a great analogy, Joe. Uh, if he is, well, I'm going to play devil's advocate, like you like to say, but if he isn't the guy calling the shots in the, in the Biden crime family, then who is? I do not believe he's calling the shots in the White House, so I'll agree with you there. But who orchestrated this entire Biden crime family RICO scheme if it wasn't him? If, if it wasn't him, it was his brother, Jim Biden, or could have possibly been Hunter. So <laughs> I don't know about that one. There are 
nine people, I believe, in the Biden crime family who have received wires or money from foreign adversaries. Uh, China just is just one of them. So do you want to play uh, our first clip that we want to talk about? Oh, we have lots. We have a lot. This this show will be lots of clips. First one, we're going to have uh, Representative Nancy Mace, who when I think of Mace, I think of just a giant medieval ball with spikes on it. And that's exactly what she is. Um, I'll just let her just do the talking. DOJ needs to get off its ass and investigate. We've done the work for them so they can't screw it up now. If these allegations, any of these allegations are proven true, then someone with the last name Biden needs to be charged, prosecuted, maybe spend a little time in prison to take to account and responsible for the actions they've taken today. Also, as mentioned by the chairman, I want to thank you. The legislative priorities we have of our committee, this is not a witch hunt. This is not a conspiracy theory. Now, we got to mention here, too, um, that what is it? 20 LLC companies, 20 with there's no business. There's no business attached to them. Uh, Brian Donald's had the best. I don't want to say performance because this was this, this this was not a performance, but he brought up a great point. What is the Biden family business? What do they offer that they get paid so much money from countries Joe Biden traveled to as vice president and was over there making policy? Say what you want about the Clintons. At least they have a freaking foundation. And Mark, we're going to go into a few of the uh, emails too. So this is from Kenneth P. Vogel on Twitter. Defenders of the Hunter Biden laptop letter have emphasized its stop short of asserting Russian involvement, but the nuance is undercut just by these uh, just released emails. They show organizers wanted the letter to be interpreted as making the case that the Russians were interfering. So again, when this is all found out with the laptop, they even went as far as to try to cover this up. Let's not forget about the cover up aspect, Mark. But th this guy has 20 LLC companies in his name, which would wire transfer from what I understand so far we've heard back and forth to each other. Now, yeah, that is very questionable. I'm going to I'm, I'm going to reinforce for our audience. Remember when Steve Bannon was arrested for ignoring a subpoena? Remember when Peter Navarro, an 80 year old man, was putting leg irons? The DOJ is running cover for a criminal syndicate. Mark, they gave the FBI till noon of Wednesday to produce, what was it, a whistleblower, documents or something. They, they basically told the committee who has the investigative powers to pound sand. Now, the House controls how our tax dollars are spent. And our tax dollars pay these three-letter agencies and, and budgets and salaries. Fire these people that will not comply immediately. And, and now we have to actually arrest the people that will not comply with subpoenas. Subpoena Merrick Garden from the DOJ and say, what is going on here? Mark? I can't believe that the FBI did not comply with the subpoena. I believe it was the FBI, right? It wasn't it, just... It was, I mean, it was the FBI, the but... Yeah. Yeah. I... <laughs> Again, I'll go back to, to the question I've been asking. Why does the FBI run cover for the Biden crime family? Why are their lips attached to the ass of Joe Biden and his family? What are we missing here? So, again, like James Comer said on Wednesday, what, where's the, what's the business? What do they do to, to earn this money? And normal companies that work and operate legitimately don't have to continue to set up all of these shell companies, these shell LLCs, to hide and move money around. This isn't normal operating procedure for legitimate businesses. So, again, like you said, what are they doing? What is their business? Like Jeffrey Epstein, you know, we talked about that. What, what was his, how did he earn all this money? Who was, he, who was he advising? So let me read you here. This is from CNN. We talked about money from China. Why are two Biden grandkids receiving wires? What did they do? Normally, younger under 18 folks don't really receive wires from foreign adversaries. Uh, bank records cited in the committee's memo show that within five weeks of then Vice President Biden's meeting with Romanian President Klaus Iohannis in 2015, a Romanian 
who Hunter Biden was doing legal consulting for, Gabriel Popovichu, started sending money to Rob Walker, a business associate of Hunter's. Walker received more than $3 million from November 15 to May 2017 and wired approximately $1 million in various installments to Hunter Biden, his business associate, James Gillen, and Hallie Biden, the widow of the president's oldest son, Bo Biden, who died in May of 2015, and Hallie Biden and Hunter Biden were romantically involved for a period after Bo's death. What a shitbag. Uh, it has long been known that Hunter Biden did legal work for Popovichu, a wealthy Romanian business executive who was convicted in 2016 on corruption charges. Comer's memo raises questions about why Popovichu was paying a Biden family business associate directly instead of the law firm where Hunter Biden worked at the time or the other firm Hunter reportedly referred Popovichu to. Uh, so that's just one example. Um, for our listeners, Mark, you did a great job, but Comer made it funny the way he described them family members, and I'll show you why. I'll play you the audio. Mark, you sent this to me, I believe. Yeah. You're going to love this. Joe Biden's son, Joe Biden's brother, Joe Biden's brother's wife, Hunter Biden's girlfriend or Bo Biden's widow, however you want to write that, Hunter Biden's ex-wife, Hunter Biden's current wife, and of the president's son and the president's brother. So we're talking about grandchild, a grandchild. Hey, if if that doesn't sound like family corruption in a political family, I don't know what is like. At least the Clintons have a foundation that you donate to. Like, hey, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, and we didn't even get into China yet. The payments from China. And. If you want, need to understand anything about this administration's policy toward China, then here it is. Um, I'll just read you a quote from the committee. It says here, however, the pattern of behavior engaged in by the Bidens and their Chinese counterparts, memorialized in relevant bank records, signals an attempt to layer companies and cloud the source of money. James Comer has previously revealed that members of Biden's family received just over $1 million indirectly from State Energy HK Limited a Chinese company. So why were other, you know, uh, wire transfers, uh, $3 million from another Chinese, from a Chinese company also took place uh, involving Hunter Biden and Hunter Biden and the president's brother, Jim Biden, and also Haley Biden and an unknown bank account identified as Biden. So will anything happen, Joe? I don't know. A lot of people we talk to say they're just over it. Nothing ever happens with this stuff, you know, but is this a pretext for something larger that might be going on? Joe. Okay. Um, there's, there's just so many angles to this. I think this is like we've said in this podcast before, this will be okay. Hunter, Hunter is going to get charged. So what's Joe Biden going to do? He's going to have to make the decision if he pardons him or, or what's going to happen. Because th this looks like an open and shut case. But at the same time, will Joe Biden be charged? I don't know. But this is a great opportunity to either, like we've said on this podcast, impeach him or use the 25th Amendment. Or if they have that cognitive test. I mean, this dude, this could cause this guy to have an entire mental breakdown. They have that cognitive test they could finally make him take and use that as an excuse to get him out of office. They, they can't just let this stuff just leak out. I mean, you, you have to remember, like Nancy Pelosi's kids are doing the same thing. Mitt Romney's kids are doing the same thing. This isn't just a Joe Biden thing in, in his family. Yep. My issue is we see the difference in the two parties, Joe. The Democrats impeached Donald Trump in the House for a phone call he made with Vladimir Zelensky, basically telling him to investigate 
the Biden crime family's dealings in Ukraine. Uh, why haven't the Republicans started impeachment proceedings yet against Joe Biden? Are they soft? Are they scared? What's the what's the play here? Uh, this is obviously probably over our heads, or I, I just don't understand why they aren't playing hardball like the Democrats play hardball. Joe, what do you think? I don't know. We are looming over a, a uh, debt ceiling issue, too. Is this really the best time to impeach the president? Because the media can use it to attack the Republicans. There, there's so many ways to war game it out. But the best thing to do for the country, I think, would be to, to charge at least Hunter Biden. This is this is these are bank records. This this isn't like it's it's there are records from it's just like in the Shawshank Redemption. How can you be so obtuse? There's bank records. There's yep. there's a paper trail. It's right there. The only question, Joe Biden, he just has to say, hey, what was this money for? You know, what is your business? Were you were you selling this? That he was selling political influence, access, and yeah, access and influence, uh, basically. That's what this, they were selling. That's what the money this, was going for. Exactly. Exactly. Without a doubt. So the, the, shutdown, the shutdown, the shutdown could be a reason. We can't, we can't forget about that. Yeah. Well, we heard last week, Joe, that it was starting to leak out that Hunter Biden's indictment uh, was was imminent, and that this was going to happen. This was a done deal, but hasn't happened yet. Uh, so we'll see if it does. Do you think Hunter Biden will be indicted relatively soon? Yes, I think. I think within. I think before the end of the spring. So what do we got? What's, four weeks here. What's the play, Joe? What's the play with indicting Hunter Biden? Is this a way to get rid of Joe? I, I think Joe would have no choice. But Hunter Biden is the bag man. So once you have the bag man, the bag man has a choice to flip or to go to jail. There is a paper yeah. trail. So there might not be any flipping. There might not be a need. This is a fairly simple open and shut case. The only question is, what was the money for? It's pretty obvious. Shouldn't the president of the United States at least come out and make a statement? about this stuff this was barely a blip on the radar in the media on, on wednesday i mean yeah well, they yeah, showed they showed this on cnn but after that it was like just another afterthought this is from stephen l miller um it's at, at red steez on twitter he brings up a great point you want to know why it wasn't mentioned on msnbc mark because wow. msnbc this is from stephen l miller now has two people hosting programs simone sanders and jen Saki to me baby who elevated the false claim from Intel officials behind the laptop, which actually came from the Biden campaign itself. So these two people that are on MSNBC were the ones that helped elevate this claim about the laptop being Russian disinfo. Right. Oh. Well, you bad. said, I think, I, I think you said privately, Joe, that you believe that they gave or they were giving Biden the chance to say that he's not running. And then yes, with this, I, yeah. explain that, explain that, uh, that rationale. So if you've been following the political cycle, the news cycle, you'll notice that in the media, there was, they were so gung ho on Biden. He could do no wrong. He could do no wrong. They hid this, they hid this guy as well as they could, whether he was falling up steps or going the wrong way into the white house and then all of a sudden, when he wanted to, when it came time to announce for presidency, it's like there was like a long pause where they weren't for Biden, but they weren't necessarily against Biden. And then as soon as he announced for president, the, we, we talked about it, the media almost turned on him at a heartbeat and started actually doing their job and reporting stuff. Granted, it was, it, they still could have went harder, but the longer this goes on, the harder it seems. And you're going to have Dems jumping ship. Is this to get Biden out? Maybe. But at this point, it, it, it's not going to make it the Democratic Party look good. So that's why this, this government shutdown, this, this debt ceiling issue, this is actually a good thing for the Democrats. Yeah. It just seems to me, though, that – and I agree with what you're saying, but it just seems to me that there is some overarching power or force at work here. That involves the Biden crime family, the DNC, the DOJ, and this goes back to what happened in 2020 in the election. 
man, I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell which way. It seems like the Biden, though, they would want him to be to run in, again in 24 because it seems like they could push through whatever they want to push through with this guy. That there's no there's no pushback from the White House on the liberal left wing agenda. They're getting everything they want pushed through. So why would you want to go to somebody else? And if you did, who would that someone else be? I could tell you who it's not going to be, Bobby Kennedy Jr. Uh, that's probably someone the DNC is probably deathly afraid of as we see him continue to red pill the living shit out of the Democratic Party. So I don't know, Joe. Uh, this could go a couple different ways. Uh, we'll see. I guess we'll see. I mean, what comes out of this? And what's the next step with this oversight committee now? Is they it up to the hands of the DOJ? I mean, uh, they, they, like, like Miss May said, they did all the work. All you got to do is just go out and, and put the cufflinks on the people, pretty much. They, they raided the, pre- they raided the president's more logo home. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons whenever he lived right next door to the FBI. They arrested him at the airport instead to make it a big yep. scene. Yep. Where, what's go? The, it's we are living in. It's 1984, man. Honestly, and everyone's asleep. That's that's the best way I could put it. This is painfully obvious, but what are what are you going to do? It's it's we we, we have well, a corrupt Department of Justice. We have a corrupt FBI. I'm not saying everyone, but the people at the top clearly are. Clearly. All right. Uh, let's move on to when someone that got office. arrested. A, someone someone that got arrested literally around the same time as the press conference on Wednesday was taking place. And that is the star of our cold open, George Santos. Joe. Okay. What, so happened, this, what happened with this dude? This came out late. I think it was a late, late, late on Tuesday night. Um, the AP broke it. U.S. Representative George Santos has been charged with federal criminal offenses. Two people familiar with the matter told the AP. This case is under seal. um, And when reached by phone on Tuesday night, Santos said, this is news to me. You're the first to call me about this, which is is a pretty funny quote. So what's it over, Mark? I don't know. There's There's like 30 charges, but each time something was wired, it's a charge. Also, this is coming from uh, Cernovich on Twitter. Republican George Santos indictment includes criminal charges for two $564 unemployment payments. I had to zoom in to make sure I was reading it correctly and that it, was, and that it wasn't missing zeros. No, it's $564 that he got on January 19th, 2021 and January 26th, 2021. Um, again, you got the Biden family getting literally put about four or five zeros after that amount and that's what you have the Biden family getting but this dude gets arrested for the unemployment and I, I gotta play the press conference real quick we, we, we had a couple seconds of it in the beginning but here is one minute of George Santos defending himself in front of the cameras look this is the beginning of the ability for me to address and defend myself we have an indictment. We have all. We have the information that the government wants to come after me on, and I'm going to comply. I've been complying throughout this entire process. I have no desire not to comply at this point. They've been gracious in there. Now I'm going to have to go and fight to defend myself. The reality is, is I'm sorry, it's a witch hunt because it, it, it makes no sense that in four months, four months, five months, I'm indicted. You have Joe Biden's entire family receiving. Deposits from nine nine family members receiving money from foreign from foreign destinations into their bank accounts. It's been years of exposing. A lot of you here have reported on them, and yet no investigation is launched into them. I'm gonna fight. I will, and I'm just going. I'm getting back to that. I'm gonna fight my battle. I'm gonna deliver. I'm gonna fight the witch hunt. I'm gonna take care of clearing my name, and I look forward to doing that. They booed him. When he brought up the Biden family stealing millions of dollars. Unbelievable. This guy's always this guy just has a knack for for finding his way into the news somehow. <laughs> I love it. I love hey, at least he showed his face and at least he said something. 
Where's Joe yeah. Biden or any anyone like saying anything about this? Let me give you let me give you one more clip from George Santos. Um, when they asked him, they demanded that he resign. We have an indictment. We have all we have the information that the government wants to come after me on, and I'm going to comply. I've been complying throughout this entire process. I have no desire not to comply at this point. They've been gracious in there. Now I'm going to have to go and fight to defend myself. The reality is is. He's so good. He's so good, Mark. <laughs> oh, man. What a guy. It's amazing this guy even got elected. So, so, so bringing back to your point last time about, like, where is – because I, I, you did mention that CNN at least covered it a little bit. But MSNBC offered, like, no coverage. And I'll play you a clip from Ari Melber. He covered on his show none of the Joe Biden issue, family corruption issue, which is basically a slam dunk, and instead decided to cover nothing but George Santos. Here's here's some audio clips. It's amazing. He's, he's, he's playing an audio recording of George Santos saying, I act, quote unquote, I actually qualified for unemployment. The question is simple. George, why was covering George Santos and they this got more media attention on like you said liberal media MSNBC and for sure and uh excuse me CNN and for sure MSNBC than uh the Biden crime family let that sink in I don't know what else to say about the Santos thing but I, I I'm actually congratulations mainstream media deep state whatever you got me. You got your hooks in my brain, and I'm gonna have to follow this George Santos thing. It's it's like must see television. It's 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 really good. It's really good TV. And the guy's a cross dresser, but he's a Republican. It's, it's it, he, <laughs> he, was, he, he defies he defies all the all the check marks of the conservative Republican uh, party. He's gay. He's from New York. He's a Republican, and he did drag races in Brazil drag shows yeah. in brazil but he's 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 not against mutilating children it's honestly it's truly amazing it's it, it should it, okay I, i'm sorry msnbc should cover this a lot more we should move, let's move on let's move on um all right let's talk about this trump rape case that's what you want to call it he addressed this in the town hall wednesday he said he swore on his children that he doesn't know this lady. He said, I swear on my children. He said, and I never do that. He said, I do not know who this woman is. So I don't understand what in the hell happened here. Uh, he got found guilty for liable, li- liable, not liable like speech, liable for what? Sexual assault? I don't even know what that means. But he has to pay $5 million now to this woman. So the jury found liable for sexual abuse and defamation. It was a jury of six men and three women, and they awarded uh, the writer E. Jean Carroll five million in damages. Donald Trump called the verdict a disgrace. To explain it, this woman accused him of rape. They 
found him completely innocent of raping her. We played the audio of how crazy this woman is, how she had not an obsession with Donald Trump, which is very weird. And she tweeted about The Apprentice a couple times, and she made that comment on Anderson Cooper about how rape is sexy, which was odd and terrifying, to say the least. But in short, it's kind of amazing that Trump got cleared of rape, but is somehow responsible for defaming a woman that claimed he raped her. I don't know about you, Mark, but if someone falsely accuses me of rape, should I not be able to call them whatever I want without, quote-unquote, defaming them? This is worse than Christine Blaisley Ford or whatever the, the Kavanaugh accuser was. Yeah, what? <laughs> he, apparently, she claimed that they, 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 he raped her in a, in a dressing room of a department store. Is that correct? It's correct, and I, I have a story for you. So I was telling this to my wife because she doesn't really follow politics at all, at, at all. Um, and but you know we try to talk about it. And I was telling her about this, and I I brought up how Jack Posobiec, I think we heard this, and I don't know if we mentioned this in the podcast, but her testimony matched an episode of Law and Order SVU almost exactly with the dress and everything, and the guy throws the dress and makes her put it on and rapes her exactly. And she can't even remember this E. Jean Carroll. What what year? What year? The rape happened. So I was talking to my wife about this and explaining to her. And she goes, wait a minute. She goes, I've seen that episode. She was like, that's SVU. It's Special Victims Unit. And she was like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, describing. Goes, oh, yeah, that's exactly like the episode. She goes, I think he gets found guilty at the end, too. I was like, well, well, go figure. You can't make it up, Mark. You can't make it up. But is it that weird? I mean, Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I've never even heard of something like this. I mean, I'm not a legal expert, but I've never heard of anyone being found liable for sexual. What was it? Assault? I, I, I don't know. He, he he definitely he definitely defamed her or whatever, and he was sued for that as well because he said mean things about her after she falsely, according to the jury, claimed that he raped her. And it's not like it's not like this is like someone like comments getting thrown around on Facebook. This is a this is like a guy who was the president of the United States and is getting accused of rape. And this this woman is getting all kind of attention and is able to tell her story over and over again. This... The, the media is not responsible. For it. And what did we tell you about the gag order, Mark? I told you I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. Actually, I'm sorry. This isn't about this case. This is about the Stormy Daniels case. But still, I'd be shocked if that Alvin Bragg put a gag order on Trump. And everyone could see how the media can tell whatever they want about the story and control the narrative, but he can't. And that's exactly what Alvin Bragg did. What was it on? Was it Thursday? No, it was also on Wednesday. It was also on Wednesday, probably because he knew he was going to talk about that at the CNN town hall. So now Trump can't talk about that on social media or anything like that. I, I just, I'm sorry. I still can't believe this one. Not, imagine yeah. not being able to defend yourself against charges, but anyone and everyone else can. This is how you control a narrative. This is, again, criminal. How no one else can see it, I don't know. This is only going to help his popularity. I mean, do you think... There aren't too many people I, I, can, I can assure you there aren't, a hand, there aren't more than a handful of people in this country that give a crap about this, uh, about this case. I mean, I can't see anyone even paying attention to it. This is just another blip on the radar. Donald Trump... As Dan Bongino called him, as we're going to talk about here in a second, called him the Lion King. And not lion, like we call Joe Biden, L-Y-I-N. He is the apex predator, uh, you know, out there in politics. So let's move on to the Trump CNN town hall from Wednesday night. Major, major boon for CNN. Uh, they probably haven't had this many people, this many eyes on CNN in years, literally. Caitlin Collins was the host. This was at St. Anselm College in New Hampshire in front of, I believe it was Republican and independent voters. Uh, so this went on for probably a good hour and 20 minutes. No, they cut it short, Mark. I, think, I heard they I cut think, it short. I heard this. Is this true? They cut it about 20 minutes short because I don't know if she got something in the earpiece that said, cut it off. It's bad for us. It's bad for CNN. He's winning. But ties when it ended. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, honestly, though, I was ready for it to end because it, it, I felt like an hour and a half was good uh, on this one. But uh, apparently it could have went on longer. 
This was amazing. Uh, this was one of the best nights, like I said, in politics in quite some time. Donald Trump completely owned Caitlin Collins and owned the 90 minutes that he was on TV. Everyone watching this, I mean, if you have a brain, you know that what he was saying is starkly different than what you hear from uh, the current administration today. Uh, it was thoughtful. You have to respect his political acumen. Donald Trump, the politician, is extremely an extremely skilled person when it comes to this stuff. It's, you can't deny it. You have to give him credit, whether you like him or not. Uh, so, Joe, I know we have some clips from this uh, this town hall. What do you have? All right, let's. Um, well, the first thing I thought the first thing I started about was um, the the fraudulent ballots, the election fraud. That's the first thing they brought up, and then the next day they killed him for even talking about the election. But it was the first question they brought. Up. Let's just play some audio about the ballots. About the economy and foreign Good. policy tonight, but but what you just said there, Republican officials debunked those claims about fraudulent ballots. We want to give you a chance Who? tonight. Who? Republican officials Ooh. in Georgia and every single state. It's a great question. Who debunked it? There is no your own election officials, Mr. But, President. So we wanted to give you a chance to take on the issue. But we have a big problem in this country. We have we wanted elections. To we have elections that were horrible. If you look at what happened in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, if you look at what happened in Detroit, Michigan, if you look at what happened in Atlanta, Ruby Ford or what was her name, Ruby something. Millions of votes, and all you have to do is take a look at government cameras. You'll see them. People going to 28 different voting booths to vote, to put in seven ballots apiece. Mr. President, and they're all I have to stop you there. No, I'm sorry. This is a town hall, and this is worse than a debate. She, He hasn't had a chance to get a thought out, and she's interrupted him that many times already. So let's just keep on playing a couple of suggested terminating the, com the Constitution. Do you stand by those comments? No. You are able to do certain things. I'm not talking about terminating the Constitution. I'm talking about cherishing the Constitution. The Constitution says it was supposed to have legal and well-maintained and well-looked-at elections. And we didn't have that. I cherish our Constitution, but we have to live up to the Constitution. We weren't living up to the Constitution. I was just saying there's no evidence of that election fraud. You did I once tweet. You're supposed to say that, but and I'm glad you say that. But look. That was a horrible election. That was a horrible election. And unless somebody's very stupid, and I know you very well, you're not stupid at all, uh, but you perhaps are given an agenda or you have an agenda. Look, we have to have honest elections in our country. He's right. Um, you want to hear a January 6th clip? We could go a couple, a couple more. January 6th was, again, we go back to it, but January 6th had to do with the fact that hundreds of thousands of people, and you don't see the pictures very often a lot of the people here probably were there january 6th it was the largest crowd i've ever spoken to that was prior to the walk down to the capitol building i don't think and i've spoken to hundreds of thousands of people i've never spoken to a crowd as large as this and that was because they thought the election was rigged and they were there proud they were there with love in their heart that was an unbelievable and it was a beautiful day ah <sighs> They've got killed him about the video. I mean, the whole the whole half hour mark was spent on January sixth in the twenty twenty election, was it not? It was, and you saw the liberal media melt down yesterday, in Wednesday night after this was over, and and they were hammering Trump about talking about January sixth, and it's like you guys asked him the question, you brought it up first. So stupid, so stupid. What else do we have? Uh, but but he, he made some great points about Ukraine. Uh, about almost anything that he was asked, he brought up some excellent points on. He defended himself. I don't know how he keeps his composure like he does uh, when he is getting uh, uh, pestered and, uh, you know, questioned by Caitlin Collins. He actually called her a, a nasty person. Is Trump woke now? He didn't call her a nasty girl. Called her a nasty person, Joe. <laughs> so we might have seen uh, the beginning of woke Trump. But what else do you have here? Um, um, any more clips? We could play if you want. Let's see. What else? What was your take on talking the whole, about on the whole thing? Just talking about Ashley Babbitt. I think the reason the timeline is so critical here because going back to your influence, in that three hours, question. over 140 officers were injured that day. 
And a person named Ashley Babbitt was killed. Yes. You know what? She was killed, and she shouldn't have been killed. And that thug that killed her, there was no reason to shoot her. At blank range, cold blank range, they shot her. And she was a good person. She was a patriot. One there was no was reason. There. To, there was no reason. And I mean, it makes a good point. Makes a good point. And uh, this might be my favorite one. Uh, wait, where is it? Why can't I find the audio? We have seen the price costs, many including mine, things more affordable. Drill, baby, drill. This is when we finally got into like something like worth that, that's happened the last two years talking about energy. And he says, drill, baby, drill. The last guy on day one of his administration said, stop, baby, stop. Yeah. And then drain, baby, drain for our strategic petroleum reserve. Why don't you go ahead and play the clip from Morning Joe? Imagine being this completely deranged. The level of Trump derangement syndrome is this great. Where you come out and say the most sensational stuff you could possibly say the morning after this town hall. This is... I'm constantly telling people not to catastrophize over Trump, that he's actually going to lose because he keeps drilling down deeper and deeper into his base. Um, but it is, it is, uh, I, I can't believe I'm, I'm, I'm going to use catastrophizing language here. Uh, but it was, it was just, it was disgraceful on every level. It showed, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's dangerous for democracy because we passed that a long time ago, but it showed the corrosive effects of Trumpism over eight years and I've got to say, I, 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 the, the most shocking part was an audience who cheered on a president who tried to overturn American democracy, an audience that mocked and ridiculed a woman uh, who a jury of her peers, Donald Trump's peers, found had been sexually assaulted. Those Americans there last night turned that into a punchline, laughed and dismissed cops getting the shit kicked out of them on January the 6th, beaten up over and over again, calling a cop a thug who actually was trying to stop people from the house floor from being killed. Um, I could go... I just can go on and on. He shot an unarmed woman that was crawling through a window when there was eight people behind her with AR-15s and five other armed people inside that window. Uh, look, I, I'm not saying what Ashley Babbitt did was wrong or right, but if the shoe were on the other foot and this was a white officer somewhere else defending a federal building and, and she was black and that is same exact situation happened, that officer would have been already arrested and he would have been dragged in the media. For sure. For sure. And then we saw outrage. Imagine just, just Joe, imagine thinking like Joe Scarborough and being that upset over this town hall, that upset over uh, free speech. I mean, being that upset over actually someone saying something contrary to what we're seeing today. He was asked about Ukraine. Do you have that audio, Joe, or no? Caitlin Collins asked him the most asinine question. Do you want Ukraine to win the war? Like, what kind of question is that, first of all? Do you want Ukraine to win the war? He said, I don't look at it from winning or losing. I want people to stop dying. I want people to stop dying. I have it right here, I think. So, dying. go ahead. They're dying. If you want Ukraine or Russia to win this war. I want everybody to stop dying. They're dying. Russians and Ukrainians. I wanted to stop dying. He goes on to say he can solve it in 24 hours, and you can argue whether he can or not. But she asked it like it's a football game. Who do you want to win? Yeah. Who do you want to win? And I was listening to Breaking Points last night, Joe, and they were saying, brought up a good point. He said if this was, a, you know, if LBJ or, or Richard Nixon had that mindset instead of, uh, let's get further bogged down into Vietnam. You know how many more 
hundreds of thousands of lives, possibly millions, hard to quantify. Lives would be would, would have been spared. Yet we have someone who's saying we, we want I want people to stop dying in Ukraine. And he's chastised for it. It, it, it's, it, it honestly blows my mind. In, it doesn't Ukraine, blow my mind. We'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into more Ukraine stuff next week. But it doesn't blow your mind? I don't know. Not anymore, no. <laughs> I mean, you, you had – I will say this. Aside from how she cut him off, it, it just made CNN and her look bad, I think. But it, it wasn't – they treated him as expected. I, 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 we just we just haven't seen this in a while. I think we just forget. This was vintage Trump. I mean, I was loving every second of this. So, you know what I'm excited for, Mark? And no, I'll let you finish your thought because I'm going to play a quick audio clip from Brian Donalds. So, no, I was just going to say this was vintage Trump. The man was out on absolute fire in this town hall. And you know that this was great for him and his campaign if anyone heard him because even CNN was melting down. I know we have some clips from Anderson Cooper and and some some other people on that panel you're going to play that these people were beside themselves. I don't understand how this happens because this must be from that guy, Chris Lick, that bought CNN, just decided maybe he's just making the schedule of who gets on and who doesn't. But they actually had um, Representative Brian Donalds and um, on after the debate. And this is what's different from last time because Trump has like these lieutenants almost going out and defending him and actually doing a good job this time around. I'll play the clip. A couple of things. First of all, town halls are for the voters, not for the press, not for the person who's the moderator. Caitlin spent more time interjecting her own viewpoints or her own views on a situation. Are you guys not going to interject your views? Do I get a chance to speak now? The town hall is for the president to speak to the voters of New Hampshire. Not See, I'm going to pause. They are, I hate to interject on poor Brian Dalton. They are so scared of the narrative crumbling, like all their other narratives crumbling. If the election narrative crumbles, that's why they have to interrupt him every time and say, well, it was true. There were false statements. This back and right. forth. That's, 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 that's number one. That's number one. Number two. With respect to Ukraine, I totally disagree. He did not say he was just going to give over Ukraine the way you intimate, man. He did not say that. He what he said was is that he would actually look for a solution to end it quickly. He put 24 hours on it, but let's be very clear. What Joe Biden has done has been a disaster because initially with Ukraine, Joe Biden wanted to give Vladimir Zelensky a, a ride out of Dodge. He wanted to give him a plane ride. And it wasn't until people in Moscow, in Ukraine, here in the United States, that this invasion is wrong, that Joe Biden reversed. Do you want to defend Ukraine? Do you, do you want to I'm just trying to respond to everything that's been coming up on the table. Last thing, let me say this. Um, we spent 20, 22, 23 minutes talking about January 6th. Uh, we could have been talking about a whole lot of other issues instead of do, doing that for the first half hour. It makes great points, Mark. It makes a great point. I, and, and I will make, and I, I'd hate to bring this up because I don't like uh, talking about race and the comments of things like this, but that was a black man saying that. And I've been saying, say, if we can get 25, 30% of the black vote in 24, there's no way Trump loses. You get 10, there ain't no way he's probably losing because he's, gonna, he's, he's getting more Mexicans. He's getting more minorities. Everywhere. Let's uh speaking of uh minorities, let's play Anderson Cooper, who is the whitest man on earth that was just trying to mansplain to uh Brian Donalds over here. This is him. I think this might have been the next morning. I, I don't know actually what time it is. Many of you have expressed deep anger and disappointment. Many of you are upset that someone who attempted to destroy our democracy was invited to sit on a stage in front of a crowd of Republican voters to answer questions predictably continued to spew lie after lie after lie and i get it it was disturbing it was disturbing to see and hear that person refer to a black law enforcement officer as a thug an adjective he used many times to describe black men and call caitlin collins the moderator nasty which is what he calls any woman who stands up to him it was disturbing to hear him speak so highly of QAnon conspirators and insurrectionists who assaulted police officers in our democracy on January 6th. And it was awful to hear him spread ridiculous lies about the election. 
And it was certainly disturbing to hear that audience, young and old, our fellow citizens, people who love their kids and go to church, laugh and applaud his lies and his continued defamation of a woman who, according to a jury of his peers, he sexually abused and defamed. As good a job as Galen Collins did trying to fact check him, it is impossible to fact check fully because he lies so shamelessly. Now, many of you think CNN shouldn't have given him any platform to speak, and I understand the anger about that, giving him the audience, the time, I get that. But this is what I also get. The man you were so disturbed to see and hear from last night, that man is the front runner for the Republican nomination for president. And according to polling, no other Republican is even close. That man you were so upset to hear from last night, he may be president of the United States in less than two years. And that audience that upset you, that's a sampling of about half the country. They are your family members, your neighbors, and they are voting. And many said they're voting for him. Now, maybe you haven't been paying attention to him since he left office. Maybe you've been enjoying not hearing from him, thinking it can't happen again. Some investigation is going to stop him. Well, it hasn't so far. So if last night showed anything, it showed it can happen again. It is happening again. He hasn't changed, and he is running hard. He is petrified. But, like, they're eventually going to go after the audience, too. Like, you would have thought the first question the audience is going to ask was, was, like, all right, what are we going to do about the blacks and Jews? Uh, I, I don't understand, like, why everything is, like, racist or something. What is it? What the hell is going on here? Why can't we just talk and have a venue? Can you talk about free speech? These liberals who have Trump derangement syndrome don't want to hear it. They don't want to have debates. They don't want to have uh, people express their opinions. Because if your opinion and your thought doesn't align with theirs, you are a racist, you are a homophobe, you are a bigot, and you are a right-wing extremist. Bottom line. So funny. Amazing. So funny. Amazing watching CNN actually take a torch to their own network, like Anderson Cooper. Great My for life. Chris Licht. I mean, what, what do you have to lose? So... I would think, Joe, and I, and I kind of heard this, that there might have been some deal in place with Trump in order for him to do this. I don't know if that's true or not, um, but I'd like to see more of these. I'd yes. like to see more of these. If you're CNN, if you're Chris Licht, if you're the head of the network, why wouldn't you do this more now? Three and a half million people. Um. You know, basically, the, the critics were saying this gave Trump a, a free campaign platform. Oh, how terrible. How terrible we talk about ideas and things like that here in the United States of America. But when you live in a, when you live in a wannabe communist regime, that's the reaction you get from people. So, all right, let's move on to... <laughs> quite possibly... I don't even know how to describe her, Joe. We talked about some senators that are in bad shape. John Fetterman and now uh, Diane Feinstein. If she isn't the poster child for term limits or for a resignation, I don't know who is. But go ahead. We saw her get wheeled into the Capitol, into the Senate. I think it was, was it Tuesday or, or Wednesday? She looked so bad so bad Horrible. mark she had one eye closed she can barely speak or smile she has shingles but is that the face of shingles is this what shingles looks like just anyone listening just google the picture of diane feinstein returns and it it, it was bad but the best point i made about her returning was from stephen l miller now, this is from the day she was wheeled in. So for those who weren't paying attention, I believe it was on Wednesday she was wheeled in. She didn't have anything to do at all on Wednesday. Thursday was the votes. The votes were supposed to take place on Thursday. So they wheeled her in Wednesday, and she has one eye that just looks like it's it's not even there. It looks like it got ripped out. But she might. This might be Bell's palsy as well. I'm not sure. Looks like that face is completely. Could has be. She been, has she been boosted? Yeah. 
her off her face is just kind of not working. I mean, we talked about we talked about uh, who did we say looked like uh, uh, King Aegon from uh, yes, uh, the, the House of the Dragon. Was that Biden? That was, but now it's her. It's her again. Yeah, Every, everyone, now it's her. Everyone yeah. that's over eighty in our government starting to look like the, the elder Targaryens that are that are yeah. stepping and dying. Uh, what do you have on this one? So this is from Stephen L. Miller, and he brings up a great point. He's replying to someone that says, we need term and age limits. Enough with this garbage. And he said, disagree. She looks fine and capable of carrying out her senatorial duties, which I am told are mostly handled by staff anyway. We should be admiring her courage. She is an example of bravery to us all. And that is obviously sarcasm, but he makes a great point. Because how is this, Mark, any different than John Fetterman? Uh, it, it's, it, I think it's a lot different to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know, but get, I'll let you, you make your point because this is, this is fun to talk about. This is fun to talk about. Now we did say that you did say that that was sarcastic, that tweet. Uh, he's basically saying the liberal talking points of when you have a, uh, when you're old or when you're what, um, disabled, you're brave and you should continue to serve in the Senate. She serves 40 million people. And she looks like this. She had to get wheeled into the Senate just to just to vote on, on something. How is this different than John Fetterman? Um, I, I, she, I mean, she's in a wheelchair, number one. Uh, number two, half her face doesn't work. Uh, number three, she hasn't been in the Senate in months. Uh, I mean, I guess you could say John Fetterman hasn't either. Um, but go ahead. Why, why, is, why is this no different in your, in your eyes? You could argue Fetterman's face works too much because it completely lights up, but it's not supposed to. And he's completely flat affect when he's supposed to be showing emotion. So you can argue that as far as wheelchairs, I don't know if they can make a wheelchair big enough. I mean, they might have to find like a, a military plane and drag him behind or something. I, I don't know. I, I don't know, but it, it's mental capacity. You can't tell me go in a room with both of them. And see and have a conversation and see which one you think is better or more. You might not be able to figure it out. Which Imagine one, which one is capable of, of, of doing a, their ADLs every day and keeping up with themselves. Just imagine though, Joe, you are this old, you're this, you're in this kind of shape, and you refuse to resign or step down. I mean, imagine the egotism involved in something like this. This is insane. This is absolutely insane that we have senators that are like this. I mean, you'll never, you'll never get it. But I mean, maybe we should have some sort of age limit. You know, not even term limit. Maybe like an age limit, like I don't know, eighty would be a good number. And that's probably even too much. But just as a, as a starting point, maybe eighty years old. Uh, I mean, they make. Catholic priests retire when they're 75. After you turn 80, you can't vote in the College of Cardinals for the next pope. But yet we have Diane Feinstein, who's like, what, 90? 89, 90. Oh, boy. How often do you go out, like, go to, like, a store, go to a drive-thru, go to Shop and Save, Giant Eagle Grocery Shop, and see whether it's working the register or doing something? Do you see an 80-plus-year-old person working? You, you don't very often. And when you do, and not to, not to take anything away from these people, because usually they're working because they have to and it's sad, but they usually suck at what they do and they're slow because they're freaking 80 years old. So why this is the norm for someone in our, our government? I, I have no idea. Yeah, it is a norm. <laughs> that, that's, that's the sad thing. You brought up a good point. This is the norm. So what else do you have with her? She got a standing ovation from both sides of the aisle when she entered the hearing room. Which is hilarious wow. because she's in a freaking wheelchair. But yeah, she gets a standing ovation to do all this stuff for her. All this freaking stuff for her. And then what's she going to do the next morning, Mark? She misses not only the first vote of the Judiciary Committee, not just the second, but the third. Then Durham had to come in and proxy voted for her. Amazing. Pete, someone on Twitter commented, they couldn't find any pallbearers to, come to bring her in. I see that. <laughs> Picasso. I, I don't know. Picasso. We have to give him a follow. That is um, very, 
That is very funny. This is also from the Babylon Bee. Feinstein says a recent Jedi attempt on her life has left her scarred and deformed. And there's a picture of her looking like Darth Sidious, <laughs> the Emperor from uh, Return of the Jedi. Amazing. Uh, All right, let's get in. We're going to wrap up here uh, shortly. Let's get into Tucker Carlson real quick. We saw this come out uh, Tuesday night that he announced that he is moving to Twitter, the last bastion of free speech out there in the world. Uh, he has a new show coming out. We don't know many details when it's going to be, how it's going to look. But, Joe, what do you have on this? So is Fox just waving the white flag in the, the Dominion lawsuit, the Dominion, that they're, they're never going to try another lawsuit because Tucker does have a no-compete clause. And if Fox had any balls, they at least try to take him to court. But I, I guess he could use the excuse that they didn't meet the requirements of the contract. So um, it does say the white-wing extremist Tucker Carlson – Again, right-wing extremist. I'll read the CNN headline again for those who were just, you know, weren't paying attention or listening at one and a half speed. I'll do it slow. Right-wing extremist Tucker Carlson will relaunch his program on Twitter, a platform he praised as the only remaining large free speech platform in the world after Fox News fired him last month. And Elon, what does he do? So Don Lemon starts complaining. What does Elon do? Replies, have you considered doing your show on this platform? It's maybe worth a try. Audience is much bigger. But you'll never see Don Lamont having a show on Twitter because he can't. He'll be exposed and no one will watch. But Tucker doing this is great for not only him and free speech and everything, but it's great for Elon and Twitter. It's going to make Twitter profitable, maybe. Well, you know, um, the, the, the left-wing um, libs are, are calling for advertisers, advertisers to boycott Twitter now. Um, since Tucker Carlson is moving over to Twitter. Joe, the video he put out on uh, his first video back uh, when he made this announcement on Twitter got 24.5 million views. His video that he put out on Tuesday night, 26.2 million views on Twitter with 126 million impressions. 881,000 people liked it. That's well more than CNN gets uh, on an average evening. So <laughs> I can't wait to see this come out. I don't know how this is going to look, how many times a week. Uh, we, we can sit here and speculate, but uh, I'm assuming we're going to be hearing something soon. Uh, I don't think he's going to be quiet that much longer. So welcome to Twitter, Tucker Carlson. Uh, all right, we have one more topic here. Uh, Mexican white supremacist use full auto on the U.S. border. Joe, what's a Mexican white supremacist? I still don't know, but apparently they just shoot using automatic weapons. Here's the sound of an automatic weapon. It's heavy gunfire erupting on the, I can't even pronounce it, Mark, Parvernosa International Bridge, which is on the U.S.-Mexican border. And this was, I believe, Wednesday afternoon. Keep in mind, Title 42 is now expired. either select fire or full auto i can't really tell but as you can clearly tell that's that's what for those the liberals it's weird because mexico is a country that has banned guns mark but i hear full auto somehow on a bridge on the u.s mexican border amazing and this was from when this is from wednesday afternoon so pro probably yeah. like 4 p.m wherever it was their time amazing scary we're not ready yeah. for what's, what's coming here. Uh, that would be an invasion. Uh, yes. That's what's coming. Uh, as because Title 42 expired yesterday. And uh, so praise to everyone on the southern border, especially to all the border agents out there that are going to be uh, dealing with a lot of these uh, encounters uh, with illegal migrants and God knows who else. All right, let's wrap up here. Uh, we have this date in history before you go into yours, Joe. Tomorrow is the anniversary of the first apparition, May 13th, 1917, the, the anniversary of the first apparition of Our Lady of Fatima. Uh, this was uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary appeared to, for the first time, to three children in Portugal 
as they were tending the sheep in Fatima. Uh, Blessed Mary urged the children to pray the rosary every day in order to obtain peace for the world and the end of the war. That would be the First World War. Uh, Our Lady would then go on to appear another five times to these children in Portugal, and then it will culminate with the sixth apparition in the miracle of the dancing sun, which 70,000 people witnessed in Portugal at Fatima. So uh, tomorrow is the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, and I guess the 106th year anniversary of that miraculous event. So uh, she delivered a warning, and the first two secrets of Fatima have been revealed, but the Vatican is apparently holding the third secret very close to their uh, chest, vest, or however, however the saying goes. Um, and uh, she, did, she was delivering a warning that Satan is real and a war is going on uh, here on earth between Satan and uh, Christian forces, we'll call it. So uh, I think she was probably spot on because we see it going on in our world today. And honestly, I don't know how else to describe it other than Satan is um, at work. So what is your this day in history? Well, real quick, is it possible the third one could be the third secret? Is it possible the third secret is Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself? <laughs> Anything's possible. Anything's possible with God. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this, is, this, was a, this was a major event uh, within the Catholic Church. And I think two of the, two of the three children actually got sick uh, not long after and died. Um, but yeah, these were a series of, like I said, six, seven apparitions that occurred in Portugal over the course of 1917, right in the midst of World War One. So um, she delivered a warning. It's our, our, our job to heed the warning. All right. Very good times. Simpler times back then, Mark. Simpler times. Yes. yes. All right. So this day in history, for those that remember, 1932, the baby son of kidnapped, the, the baby son kidnapped from Charles Lindbergh was found dead just miles away from the Lindbergh home. Everyone remembers, I guess, I think everyone still learns about that in school, the Lindbergh baby. Speaking of conspiracy, that'd be a big one today because I guess the guy that they arrested for it and ended up executing for it claimed that the time of his death, though he sat down on the chair, that he never did it. And there's been rumors from everything that uh, Charles Lindbergh put a ladder up to try to take the kid out and dropped him, and the kid died, to, I don't know, Mark, maybe it was the deep, deep state back then. Who knows? But this day in history, the poor uh, Lindbergh baby was found dead, like I said, just miles away from the Lindbergh home. Um, that's all we have um, for you today. Mark, do you have anything you want to throw before I give uh, breaking news about next week? No, I don't. Uh, have a great weekend, everyone. Uh, I know we're going to try to come back on Monday before your big uh, surgery on Tuesday. So have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe and be blessed. Okay. So next week I am having surgery on a Tuesday. Say a prayer for me. They're going in and operating on my C6, C7. I think it's from an accident I had. A heroin addict hit me like four years ago. So I'm going to be out, have no voice at all. They're moving my larynx to the other side of my neck. So I'm going to have no voice for maybe a week or two. I don't know. This is going to be sketchy. So we're going to try to deliver you guys an episode on Monday, and then you might not hear from us for a week or two. So you guys have our email. You could email us, whatever. Um, We just appreciate you guys listening. So if you can, share this with a friend. Spread the word. Until then, see you guys Monday. I'm Dr. Joe. Mark, thanks for being here. Make America great again.